This is the Detroit is Different Podcast Network, the culture of an American classic city. Tune in weekly to the Piper Carter Podcast with Piper Carter for a conscious take on music, arts, politics, and fashion. The founder of We Found Hip Hop has a say on what you should know about culture with a balanced conscience. You're listening to the Piper Carter Podcast on the Detroit is Different Podcast Network.
Welcome back to the Piper Carter Podcast. We are on location at the Charles H. Wright Museum. I'm here with the token millennial. What's up, Brittany? Piper. So um, we're here for this film screening, uh, The Flint Water Crisis, The Poisoning of an American City. We just finished watching the film. It was a great film. It's a great film, right? So awesome upset. documentary. It's pissed you off. Everybody has to see it, right? Oh my god, it's a it's a vital part. Especially if you're from Michigan, you have to see this. You have film. to see it. Yeah. So um we have to make sure people see this film. Like who put this film together? So actually it's um like a coalition okay. of folks that are working together. We're Many of the people that made the film are here. Okay. So I'm going to do my best to like pull them over here okay. and like try to talk to us about the film. Okay. But um, in the meantime, there is currently, so Brittany and I watched just immediately like seconds ago, just finished watching this film. Yeah. And now they are currently doing a panel discussion. So um, what I'm going to do, I'm going to go in and I'm going to... Um, listen to a little bit of the panel discussion, but Brittany here is going to give you some of her thoughts on the film. And I'm going to, uh, I mean, you have a lot, you were watching it, you were paying attention. I took a little bit of notes here um, as well, like some, just a couple notes of things. Um, some things, I don't know if you took notes or whatever. This, this My notes might be kind of incoherent, but that stuff, if, if you want to talk about, if you don't want to, it's whatever. But um, so yeah, so long story short, uh, I'm going to go in here, talk to some of these people, cool. try to bring them out, some of the people that saw the film, right. to get some reactions. But in the meantime, like, um, just you can go on ahead and you know, just give your thoughts on what you, what you saw. I will. And, um, and I'll be right back. Okay, cool. She's putting down the microphone, and she's now walking away with her headphones off. Um, so the film was really, really, really dope. Um, it probably started, it probably was like a buck and 40, 40 minutes. Uh, I'd like to see if that, that uh, range of what I just listed uh, to you guys is right. But it was powerful in a way because the film started off by giving you a sense of what it was like if you were in the Flint community and you were an actual citizen of Flint. And it broke down the areas of Flint that were affected and it interviewed a lot of different people that were in those areas. Um, they took the time to go to some of the places where uh, Pipe is walking back over um, that were giving the water out. So kind of like the boots on the ground. And we have a gentleman that just walked up who's going to give He's us his OG. perspective. This is one of the OGs here. Okay, cool. Um, actually, I'm going to give you this microphone. Can you hear yourself? Yeah. Perfect. Yep. Okay, so um, I was just going in. I told you guys we were going to be, I was going to be going back and forth and grabbing folks. And as soon as I... Hit the front door. I saw one of the OG, nice. amazing activists <laughs> that's been out here going to jail for us, uh, fighting, you know, uh, making sure that people hear our voices, making sure that we are seen. And this is here in Detroit mm. and also in Flint. And so I wanted you to like tell, tell everyone who you are because like, you know, I know who you are and I know how awesome you are. Um, but Brittany here, she's just getting into... Yeah. The scene. So let her know like about yourself, what you do, what you've been doing, maybe like a little bit about what's going on with Detroit too. Yeah. And and okay. maybe a little bit about your reaction to the film. Sure. Um how many hours do we have? <laughs> <laughs> Take as long as you want. No. And I'll be right back. I'm gonna yeah. look for some more people too. So I'm Jim Perkinson. It's nice to I'm meet you, Jim. I'm a thirty plus 
year resident of Eastside Detroit, came up from Cincinnati, fresh out of college, mm. East Grand Boulevard, Lafayette area. Can you give everyone your zip code if you can? Yeah, 48207 <laughs> now, and it was 48214 Thank you for, for that. 23 years. Mm-hmm. And that neighborhood was part of the poorest congressional district in the country when I came up in 74. And I was part of a a group of folk, a community, pooling income and assets on a poverty-level budget, black and white, married and single, running a lot of program in the neighborhood. And for the next 15 years, that was the deepest part of my education. Mm. Rearranged me as a white boy coming up, thinking I could bring something to inner city residents, and what I quickly learned was that I basically needed to learn, Mm. and been learning ever since from poor folk of color up against the wall of desperation, Mm. making that Mm. bad boy yield beauty in spite of itself, and Mm. once I got so that I could see that, then it was about learning how to collaborate and be accountable to the experience of folk here in Detroit. And that's the tack I've been on ever since. I teach. I teach at an inner city seminary called Ecumenical Theological Seminary on Woodward, about six blocks outside of the northern edge of downtown Mm -hmm. Detroit. And teach also part-time at Oakland University, where my wife teaches full-time. We live together closer into downtown on the east side of Detroit, been involved in the last five years in pushing back on emergency management imposed by Governor Schneider against the will of the citizens of the state, and more particularly collaborating with folk like Monica Lewis-Patrick, uh, We the People of Detroit, uh, Marianne Kramer. Shout out to Monica. Yeah. And um, Maureen Taylor and... Uh, People's Water Board, and all kinds of other folk to try to deal with the water shutoff situation that the emergency manager initiated beginning in the spring of 2014, handing over a $5 million contract to Homrick Corporation, a waste management and wrecking corporation that has been involved recently in um, tearing down structures at... perhaps inflated prices and is being investigated and actually had skin in the game for doing water shutoffs to create more properties for them to tear down. Understood. Um, So back in 2014 in the spring, following the lead of Charity Hicks, who had her water shut off and when she tried to push back on the Humrick employee who was turning the valve, um, ended up being arrested, uh, jailed for about three days, and came out speaking a word of wage love to call the rest of the city to begin dealing with the rapidly escalating crisis of shutoffs. Homrick was slated to turn off as many as 100,000 residences in two years, began sweeping neighborhoods early in the day often, <laughs> Why everybody's at work, you're saying? Hmm? Why everybody's at work? Yeah. Where you wouldn't yeah, notice yeah, that you come yeah. home and yeah, got yeah. you. Anybody who was $150 or two months in arrears um, was subject to that kind of shutoff while major corporate players were allowed to protest 
um, any shutoff they were slated for and never had the water shut off. You had uh, Joe Lewis Arena at that point in time that I think was uh, $80,000, $70,000, no, $80,000 in arrears. Um, Ford Field, $55,000. The state of Michigan itself, $70,000. Palmer Park Golf Course, uh, $425,000. They did not face shutoff. So it was one more instance of the kind of game that's been played in this country forever where the corporate powers get to dictate and elude community responsibility while citizens who don't have a lot of economic power are called on the carpet, pushed around, foreclosed, water shut-offs, communities destroyed, um, as we see. So anyway, I've been involved in pushing back on that in collaboration with all of these other groups and folks, including um, the occasional direct action, nonviolent civil disobedience, to try to raise consciousness about what's going on. Before we get into your reaction of the film, uh, you talked in the beginning about learning and understanding that learning is a continual process for life in general. Mm. I think that's what you were hinting at. And yep. What would you say in the last five years with the quote-unquote agenda to restructure, relabel, remarket the city of Detroit have you learned about yourself and the people that you work with? Not not so much, I, I want to gear the question towards, not so much of the outside element, but things that you've learned with all the things that are going on externally, what you've learned about the internal, the root of the people who are trying to make the change. Yeah. If I understand your question right, what I would say is that Detroit is very much a tale of two cities and has been for a long, long period of time. And mm -hmm. the kind of uh, PR campaigns that get initiated to present the glossy picture of what's going on with uh, the Woodward Corridor, which has been taken over by corporate interests, uh, making use of so-called urban pioneers who are largely white creative class folk who come in and don't have a clue about the history of the city, that that picture of Detroit is only uh, applicable to a small section of Detroit. The other tale, the other narrative about Detroit is what is continuing. Um, a third of all residences that have been foreclosed, either tax or mortgage foreclosure since 2003, the water shutoffs, etc., which I think is about retooling the city um, in light of what's coming down with climate change, where water is perhaps the number one global issue. The UN coming out with a report three years ago that by 2025, two-thirds of humanity will not have access to clean drinking water. And the powers that be know that, and know Detroit is strategically located. Detroit River is channeling 20% of the fresh surface water on the planet out towards the Atlantic, and who controls Detroit has access to control of some of that fresh water. So I think there are plans afoot. Um, it's not a total conspiracy. It's not a total um, foregone, uh, worked out vision for the future. But nonetheless, there are people who understand what's going on and want to make sure that Detroit is in the hands of people positioned to 
profit from the, the ongoing water. crisis. Yeah. What I have learned, being on the ground with various folk who are virtually all volunteer, and initially some of them managed to create a way to, to live economically out of their activism, but most of us are volunteers, mm-hmm. is that this is the hope I have for the future. People who are human beings engaged with each other, struggling together, crying together, laughing together, trying to understand how to face into the calamitous future we face um, in a very local way, beginning with the most basic needs that human beings have, water, food, community, um, shelter. And also then beginning to take cognizance of what indigenous folk would have to say in the area and around the world, that it's not just a matter of human beings, it's a matter of honoring the immense beauty and potency of the created order of plants and animals, water, air, soil, seasons, all of that, which we basically have objectified in the last 300 years in the Western world and considered to be just a resource for us to plunder. And I think climate change is basically the rest of the planet, the non-human part of the planet, Mm. saying to us, full halt, you will continue to diss us um, at your own peril and quickly be taken off the planet if you persist. 100% agree. I love the way you just put that. That that was a lot of imagery. Thank you for that. Um, Your reaction to the film. Yeah, I appreciated the film's depth. Um, initially, I thought it was going to avoid naming names because <laughs> a lot of the verbiage was in the past passive yes, tense. Yes, yes, it was. But he got around to it. It did, didn't and it? And I appreciated that. Um, it's in some ways understated. Uh, but it, mm. it got on the table, I think, the responsibility perhaps not as forcefully drawing connections with the profitability Mm. that is Mm. being enjoyed in a crisis like Flint. I don't think these things are happenstance. Um, There are people... Well, it brought out Nestle and the way Nestle... It It gave you a taste or a slight view into what the possibilities were on profit, but I see the point that you're making. Yeah. It, it, that itself, like they all say, the slang, that's a whole nother movie. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. That, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I'm listening now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my reaction is basically favorable. Um, I think it's a, it's a tool that can be used to teach mm-hmm. and to educate. I think it needs to have commentary mm-hmm. that it does not speak for itself. Um, but I do think Flint needs to be held up and repetitiously seared into the memory of this country mm-hmm. uh, because I do think uh, it's coming to a city near you. Mm. Thank you so much for that. It was great meeting you. Okay, I'm not going to hold you, you any longer. Um, Thank you. I'll take that for you if sure you want thing. me to. Be well. <laughs> you too, sir. Bye. All right. Bye. That might that might be a good that, that could have been a good instruction. It was nice meeting you. See you later. So that was powerful. That was very nice of him to take the time to speak to us. Um, very 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 beautiful vocab. I love vocabulary where you can see the imagery of what the person is trying to detail you when they're speaking to you. So 
Uh, words are powerful, and I think that he used them very powerfully when describing not only his reaction, but uh, also just discussing the ongoing issues that we have here in Detroit. Um, it's always good to have good allies and people who are do not look like us and who do not necessarily by default think like us because they just don't have the same uh, paths as us to want to be in alliance with us. So thank you for him. And then we have, you know, Piper coming back within good timing with another guest. How you doing? That's good. I'm we love controversy. So, uh, yeah, controversy's good. You go. And you look great. Yeah, great outfit. Thank you so uh, much. If, so, yeah, we're if, here. This is Piper Carter Podcast. Okay. Piper I saw Carter? The film. Are yes, you Piper Carter? I am. All right. Hi, Piper Carter. Hello. My Thank name you. is Michael Harris. Hey, Michael Harris. All right. Um, yeah. Listen to you speak. Sure. And was just really moved by what you were saying you're doing. And wanted to make sure, we have about 2,500 global listeners. Okay, great. So, want to make sure that people know who you are and what you're doing. Well, and well, I'm going to go in there and listen a little bit, so you're okay. going to talk to Brittany. Hey, Brittany. How are you? I'm good. Nice to meet you. Uh, hello, world, <laughs> and the, uh, <laughs> the listeners. Uh, my name is Michael Harris. I'm from Flint, Flint Michigan. Mm. Uh, I consider myself a Flintstone okay. through and through. Shout uh, out to you. Shout out. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Now, are you from? I'm from Detroit. Are you uh, D-Town all day? Okay. Yes. Um, and we won't bail out back anyway. That's a whole other topic. Well, oh wait, say that again. We won't bail out. Y'all won't bail out back. We won't. Um, yes, Detroiters won't bail out back. Oh, hundred percent. All right, no we doubt. need it back. I, I love bail out. That's that's it's my rite of passage. Even though I'm a Flintstone. Oh, it's okay. That's I mean, right. <laughs> bail out. You can. I, I can tell you. Right. Five different memories. Oh yeah. And about five different spaces I've been in in my a- life. Exactly. But Me too. That's a whole other podcast. That's a, whole, that's a different <laughs> podcast. But it, but it all kind of connects together. Mm. When you have uh, other entities. Coming in and taking what's the people's place, yes. people's what is right uh, for the people, mm-hmm. um, subverting our will and what we want to have uh, as far as being able to make our own decisions for our cities. Uh, then you have situations where now we got to pay to get on Bill Isle, and it's not a people's park anymore. Now we have to pay the highest uh, water rates in the country in Flint for water we can't drink, and so. Um, you know, you know we're, we're fighters. You know, we're, we're mm. Michiganders. Uh, you know, we Wolverines and, and Spartans. That's what we do. We Agreed. Fight. Agreed. And, and so what we find out, though, is that sometimes people don't listen. Mm. So you have to make them listen. Um, and you have to make a difference. So what we're doing in Flint right now with the water crisis and the issues that, are, that have happened, uh, we are building the first of its kind, Flint Community Lab. Okay. And that lab is going to allow us to be able to test for water, uh, for lead in water mm-hmm. uh, at the molecular level. Okay. So we got some high-tech machines. Some are being do- donated by, by uh, the Fisher Corporation okay. and other corporations. This is going to be a high-tech lab uh, in the community, in the hood, in the neighborhood, and we're going to make a difference with that. We're going to supply uh, young people with the ability to test their water mm. in their parents' homes or any other homes. If you're not even in the city of Flint you want your water tested, you can get mm. tested in Detroit, you can get your water tested. I like that. All right. And then additionally, what we're going to do from that is uh, allow an opportunity for uh, these young people to learn a skill. Mm. There'll be chemists coming out of this in that lab. They will be lab techs, skills and things they never thought they'd be able to do, they'll be able to do in that lab, and it'll propel them through life. Water is powerful, bringing all those things together. Water is life. Mm. Yes. Um. <laughs> 
Talk to me about your feelings on the film or even your connection to the film. I don't, I don't want to over. So, so, so yeah, under- I mean, uh, uh, my connection is Alicia Douglas. Okay. Uh, and Stephanie, I've been knowing them for a while. Uh, I've come down here and met with Alicia a couple of times in Detroit talking about what her plans were. Okay. And to see uh, Mr. Barnhart come together and put this film together, I, it is great. It, it points to the issues. It uh, brings up everything that is uh, important to us. Uh, he hits all the marks. Mm. So if you, when you watch this film, you'll see really what's happening. And you'll talk to real residents. I, you know, it's so weird. I'm in the, in the room in the space and I'm seeing this dream of uh, places I've been, places I see, people that I know. Mm. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a true to form film. It's not one of these puff films, uh, fluff films. It's real true to form and everybody should watch it. So they'll, they'll get a, a, a true idea of what's happening. And what, what happened and what continues to happen in the community. What you're doing um, right. and what you just spoke about, the work that you're doing, you're okay. basically, and if I, can, um, if I can speak for you a little bit and transcend your words, no doubt. it sounds like to me you're saying we have gone and have continued to go through a lot of painful things in regards to our water systems, but That's we right. cannot allow for that to make us stagnant. We have to continue to find solutions on top of solutions that will not only affect us in a water situation, but also affect us mentally and in the future for generations to come. Well, people that look like me and look like you, we've always taken lemons and made lemonade. Agreed. So um, out of this tragedy, that's what I call it, um, we're going to make a difference. Mm. We're going to come out stronger, Mm. come out more powerful, and we can't be stopped. I love that. Um, with that being said, I like how you promote not using emotions or necessarily <laughs> forefronting your emotions to deal with situations. However, with the film and being from Flint, can you talk a little bit about your headspace and, and the emotions that oh. come with, came with all those things being unrevealed? Look, look let me, um, I'm going to go back a little bit. Um, we have this storied institution in Flint. It's called Burstonfield House. Okay. And if you come through Flint and you play ball in Flint, you've been to Burston. That's where we ball at. It's like okay. our Rucker Park, but it's in I got you. All right. So That's anyway, um, I was coaching a, a kids basketball team. I had a 12 and under team. I had mm-hmm. some kids with 14 and under. And I, when, when they switched the water over, um, the water fountain, when you would turn that water on, it would be brown. So... It, there was a family dollar down the street. And when before practice, I would go get cases of water. This is before anybody acknowledged it. We knew something was going on, but this is before the state acknowledged it. Right? Understood. Um, we went in. I went in every day when I went to practice. Uh, I took two cases of water to Burston. And me, a uh, guy named uh, Crutchfield, uh, uh, he trained Clarissa Shields, who's the Two times. Thing I was gonna ask you about her. No, I oh, love her. Love Clarissa with too. the blue in her hair for Flint uh, all day. She knock your knock your block off. <laughs> and, and Clarissa trained in that basement right there, at Burston. She came through there. So many other people. Um, and, and me and Crutchfield and others decided, you know, let's cover up the water fountain and let's get water for these kids. Now this mm. is before all of this. Was That's going on. unreal. So we were spending our money at, uh, going to get extra water. Not just me. Other people were doing it in the community. And we were paying the highest rates for water in the city. So, obviously, I was upset. I was PO'd. Um, and, you know, I could sit here and tell you about the tragedies in my personal life. Uh, but that may be for another show. Invite me back and I'll tell you about it. 
I would love to. I don't to. know if I have that much time. No, no. This is <laughs> no, I'm, I'm listening. I, the the point is is to is for people to understand yes. that there are feelings and emotions there, but oh that does God. not stop. You know, you have to address it, but then it's being balanced with what do you do about those feelings yeah. and what do you do about those emotions? Let me say something. So I ca- I came through Flint through the crack wars of the eighties. And so I've seen some things in my life. Uh I've thought about doing things to a whole lot of people, including Governor Snyder. Mm. But I said, what, what could I do? Because I, I, I was ready to sacrifice my life. I can understand how somebody can go and decide to go into a building and do something wrong. Mm. I've been there. Mm. You messing with my children. You messing with my kids in my community. If I can't light you up for that, what, what can I do it for? Mm. You know, so let me step, to, step aside from that thing. Well, now, fast forward. And here we are able to try to make a difference. Mm. We're not trying to make a difference. We, we are making a difference in the lives of young people in our community. Agreed, 100%. So, so, so right now, what we're doing is going to uh, propel young people forward 20 years, 30 years, give them careers that they can uh, you know, uh, account on. And they can actually change other lives mm. behind them or related to, to them. Thank you so, so, so much for being Thank down you, here, showing Belle Isle love, showing the train love. Belle Isle, no doubt. I remember, police chasing me off of the spots all day long, and you go to the next you spot. You know, Belle Isle is still a, with the state. You know, sometimes some people drive right on past them like they don't see him. But So a little personal story about Belle Isle. Mm-hmm. Like in, in, in Michigan, I, when I renew my tags every year, yes, I get... I buy the extra tag for the state tag. Oh, yeah, yeah, the practical park Now, tag. the reason I do yeah. that, and I ain't been to Bell Isle since they took it over. Okay. But the reason I do that is because I don't want to have to fight at the gate because somebody want to charge me at Bell Isle and I'm going to get arrested. <laughs> I just ain't never done it. You funny. And, and I'd say, well, let me go on to pay now because if I get to that gate and somebody want to charge me to get on Bell Isle, I'm going to jail. No, I hear you. Cause right. so, I hear you. Anyway. <laughs> but I'm not going to hold you. I could Thank talk to you all night. It was very nice meeting Thank you. you. And um, I'll take that from you. And I'll get your headphones to get you a little bit more comfortable. You too. See you later. Bye. Again, that was another, another beautiful, 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 beautiful speaker. Uh, actually, that, again, he was, uh, he was from Flint. So it was awesome to get a little bit of a person who has uh, lived in Flint, has Flint's best interest, who's been in Flint beyond the water crisis that they've, that they've been enduring, uh, give us that much time. So I think before we talked to the first two guests, I was kind of going into you, my perspective of the film. And I think where I left off, I was kind of telling you guys that um, it started off kind of being where they gave you imagery on the people who were affected the most by the water. Uh, they showed you the pipes. Um, they really gave you an emotional connection to the Flint water crisis beyond what the media has portrayed to us. Even with me being in, you know, a Detroiter and being from Detroit at the time of the crisis, there were a lot of different things that um, weren't highlighted. And I'm I'm stuttering and pausing because we have a beautiful sister walking over to us, getting ready to hop on the mic. And Piper just walked back up. Hi, so, guys. oh my goodness. So I just met this lady and she is... First of all, they had a press conference earlier, okay. and she tore it down at the press conference, okay. and then I learned about the incredible work that she's doing and has been doing, mm. and, can t- and just, it's so phenomenal, but I just wanted to tell you briefly, I'm also a member of um, 
I'm a member of all these different hip hop and social activism okay, okay. organizations. <laughs> and one of them um, is the Hip Hop Four Foundation. Okay. So in 2016, we did a fundraiser. We raised about fifteen thousand dollars, and we purchased filters, um, the standalone filters for folks, and we connected with just um, some activists and things there. And um, we went we went through the Prince of Peace Church. And so um, we got a chance to meet people from Flint, you know, directly, but through working with the people that are working with the people there, you know. Right, right. And because at that point, um, the government was doing something, but they were asking for ID. Yeah. And so we were like, our people don't have ID, right? Like there's a lot of returning citizens. And even the Hispanic and, community. Yeah, the, the, the you know? immigrant communities. Yeah. So we were like, it's a lot of people that not going to know because of language, not going to be trying to have no authorities knocking on the door. Right. So it really struck me. I'm saying that to say that going through that process and meeting people and just learning and being able to be face-to-face, um, hearing from people, that really put me in a mindset like, was really going on and hearing you speak about what you're doing and what you're continuing to do you know i just wanted other people to hear okay what it is that you're doing so people could know how to plug in and we were actually just talking about me and Brittany. so every week we always talk about the flint water crisis every week on our show as somehow and we were just talking about this water box Wow. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. This yeah we is, and this is the person that's, that's doing Boy. it right now. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I was like, oh my god, we gotta get you on the podcast because yes. we are always talking about Flint. We yeah. Every week we talk, we lift up Flint. We try to. Well, we yeah. Thank yeah. You. yeah, yeah. It was needed. We lift up Flint. So, yeah. and just and and we were just talking about this we water were. box, right? We were. So when you said that, that's what you're doing. I just want people to hear your name. Tell us about what it is that you're doing and how people can support and mm. and even anything else that you want people to know about. Okay. Well, hello, everyone. My name is uh, Katrina Tillman. My husband is Pastor Ezra Tillman of First Trinity Missionary Baptist Church. Very nice. In Flint, Michigan. And we're from Detroit, though. Shout out hey. to the D.A. Hey. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. You guys should see her outfit. She looks gorgeous. She has oh. a very nice pantsuit on. Thank you. I don't want to say it's purple because that's too extreme, it's like but it's magenta. like, oh, that's perfect. Magenta. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just had to shout the outfit out. I'm <laughs> Thank sorry. Thank you. Um, and so we've been, my husband has been serving as pastor there for five years. Mm-hmm. And so we came into Flint right when there was just like whispers of the water crisis. Okay. Um, and so then we um, saw in the news that how the water was tearing down the um, metal parts in the GM plants. And it was like, okay, wait a minute. This is the water that people was drinking. If it's doing that to steel, what do you think it's doing to our bodies? Ugh. So um, we saw on the news um, a local, another local pastor who runs a mission out of his home to the disenfranchised, mm-hmm. so to the homeless and to prostitutes. He walks around and gives them um, Kroger bags full of water, mm-hmm. bottled water. And so he had ran out of water. And so... Um, my husband decided the next day that we would go to Walmart. Our church would um, go to Walmart and get two pallets of water, and we delivered it to him. And when we got there, of course, CNN and MSNBC and everybody what? was there. And so the attention completely went on to us, like, hey, who are these, you know, three, four trucks pulling up with water? And 
Um, so we we got it. We got involved by with the water crisis simply by way of trying to help someone else. I see. Um, and so by the time we got back to the church, phones were ringing off the chain. Really? And yeah, off the chain. Like, hey, we need more water. Are you guys giving out water? And so we knew that, like, okay, we it's now we're being called to do this. And mm. so um, on February first of 2016, we did the environmental justice rally with um, Reverend Dr. Jamal Bryant and. Um, Russell Simmons was there shout out to Detroit because we had so many I think at least 20 to 30 other local churches in Detroit rode up we love y'all like that um, Pat, um, Bishop Edgar Van mm. um, <clears throat> came up truck loads really I mean like at least 15 to 16 18 wheelers dang yeah the D show love <laughs> Um, And so they came that day to help us give out water. And on that day, um, through our church, we gave out over 500,000 cases of bottled water that one day. Wow. And so that went national. And so people from all over the country just started contacting us saying, hey, we want to give water. We want to give water. So long story short, we've been doing this for four years. Every week on a weekly basis, rain, snow, or sunshine, Simply by way of donations. Mm. We haven't received any funding from the state, any help from the state, I mean, from the city. It's been individuals, organizations, sororities, fraternities, other churches reaching out saying, hey, we want to donate. And so because the water crisis is not in, the narrative of it is not, you know, out in the news as much, um, donations obviously have went down. um, But there's always a ram in the bush. And so... Jaden Smith, the Will, um, actor Will Smith and Jada Pekin Smith's son, had heard about the work that we had been doing over the past several years. And he reached out to us, um, flew into Flint, very low-key, under radar. You know, he was there at least two to three times before we even mentioned anything on social media. Um, very humble person, very humble person. And uh, just wanted to know, what can I do to help? You know, I got the resources, you know, I got the connections. And then, as you know, he has his own water company, Just Water. And so it was just like, what can I do to help? You know, and so we taught him the situation we were in. And so we wanted to come up with a solution um, that could help. And so we created the water box with him. And the water box is able to fill up a um, five-gallon jug of water in 30 seconds. Five gallons. Yeah. And it seconds. goes through um, four different filters. Mm. The last one being an ultraviolet filter. So okay. by the time you get the water, it's super clean. Like I drink from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are able to give out free five gallon jugs to the residents. So they don't have to buy a jug or anything like that. They come and get, get a free five gallon jug and they can get it um, filled up or they can bring in their own jugs. Can you uh, talk to us a little bit about your perspective of faith? After and you know, in the midst of what the work you're doing, um, you know what I like to say is, in a crisis, you can always see Christ. Like I think a lot of times we, we, we focus on the emotional side of it, and we allow that to distract us from the blessing. Mm. And I believe that all things work together for the good. Mm. You may not know it, or you may not understand it, um, but sometimes God allows things to happen through tragedy, triumph, and trials and tribulations Mm. to unify. Mm. And so one thing that I can say is that this water crisis has brought the people together. It's Flint taking care of Flint. We're not um, focusing on state government. We're not focused on local government. 
you know, because there's some transparency issues there. That's a whole mm. other Oprah show. But um, <laughs> no, and that's the and and it's funny you say being that because you know that was probably one of the you know one of my favorite parts of the films beyond being frustrated over the fact that people were still being billed for water, but the transparency aspect yeah. of it, and, and it sounded like that's a whole nother show, oh, podcast, documentary. All together. You know what I mean? All together. Yeah, transparency is, is lacking. But so on our way, we do our own water testing, and then we also send out um, a sample of our water to a, a lab that's not affiliated with the city of Flint. Okay. Catch that. And all of mm. the results are posted on a website. So transparency, you can go to uh, firsttrinitywater.com right now if you want to donate a water jug. They're only $13.90. Um, and you can also see all of the um, results from every each week when we um, get ready to push out the water box. We post our results so, for residents. Powerful. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Every week we've been talking about this water box. Yeah, isn't this amazing that we <laughs> met her? We need our autograph. We do, and her and her blazer, right? Yeah, the whole outfit. Yeah, y'all can't see because we're doing audio. Oh, right already, now. I made, I made, yeah. I made sure they she got a description. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so. the thing is, you know, like it's so crazy. Every week we talk about this, man. Yes. It means a lot to us. Like she yeah. was just saying, how much you know they appreciated the love that they got from Detroit. But you know, I'm, I'm. To Piper's point, I'm an activist in my own mind, but she's a true activist in her form, you know. So, you know, I think that Detroit knows and feels the black love that's there. It's just, yeah. it's it's undeniable. Yeah, so, you know is. what I mean? So, it's it's easy to talk about these type of things because, yeah. like, to your point, Flint is taking care of Flint. We got to take care of ourselves. That's right. Yeah. We can't be waiting on anyone. Yeah. So, I just... So, okay, did you just leave us with how are we going to get in touch with you um, and how to support you and oh, everything you're doing? Okay, so the name of the church is First Trinity Missionary Baptist Church in Flint, Michigan. Phone number is 810-234-2653. Um, or you can go to the website for the water boxes, firsttrinitywater.com. Is it F-I-R-S-T or the number? F-I-R-S-T, yeah, okay. T-R-I-N-I-T-Y. Are y'all on Instagram or Facebook? We are. We are on Instagram and Facebook, First Trinity. First Trinity. Okay, mm-hmm. and um, we gonna, I'm going to get with you after. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, all right. Thank you, guys. She's, Thank you. I stole her from the panel. Oh, my God, Piper. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. So, oh, my God, Brittany, this has just been incredible, Heat. hasn't it? Unreal. Unreal. So, I'm, I'm going to go in there and see who else I can steal off the panel. All right. No, but Hold okay, well, let's talk about the film a little bit first. I mean, that film was so... I think everybody needs to see this film. I do, too. I mean, everybody the, needs part to see this film. That, the part that, like, gets me is how incredible some of these uh, Senate holdings are. Like, when... There, you know, when Snyder's getting questioned, like that should be like on every media outlet. Well, this is the thing. It is, but part of the issue is that um, people don't watch uh, C-SPAN. So um, C-SPAN's boring. But I mean, they showed them that that was the the hearings and all that. C-SPAN, they showed them on, um, what was it? Channel 4, 7, CBS, CNN. Mm. They show them, but they're so boring. In the film, they, he chopped it up so that you could pay attention, put a little music. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting. Then he did like the back and forth because like that timing between when he's asking the question and then when Snyder answers it, I feel like maybe, I'm not going to say they doctored some of those up, but I'm going to say like the back and forth time 
in the film was a lot quicker than let's say like if you actually watch an actual hearing and then you're hearing people you know what I'm saying like that that answer might have been in the middle of like a longer answer I'm maybe so you. maybe not the bills yeah still people being, are still being charged that is criminal for paying for poison water and they're putting liens on people's homes they're taking people's homes that, this, they're that wrapping is, them up if you owe on your water bill they're wrapping it up in your taxes and they're taking your house. That would not and the water's fly. Poison. That would not fly anywhere in any that other dude's system. That bill was $120. A month? Yeah. I know people whose bills are like 20, 10, 30. Yeah, but where do they live? You know. I'm just saying the, to, to bring. Do they live in the city? No. Where do they live? They live in the burbs. But th- right. that's the point I'm making. It's, the, right. it's, it's, it's upside down. Yeah. Inside out. I mean, Part of it, too, is that, um, you know, people say, oh, people should be outraged and people should be, you know, um, angry. People are outraged. People are angry. But so much happens all the time. How You, you can't stay in a perpetual Not at all. state of anger. Got to know about it. Cause yeah. Because if you don't know about it or if you don't take the time to watch something like this mm-hmm. to get in contact even remotely to your emotions or feelings you can't yeah. do anything you have to be tied to it yeah you know? i think crazy. also too what? um what's really interesting is that um we're in this moment yeah in history are. you know what i'm saying it's crazy it's crazy that it's documentary like that fiction, led. science fiction it's unreal the levels of stuff that has that goes into this this type of stuff. Like, I want people we, to see this film. The, gotta, the, the actual quality of the film is great. really incredible, isn't it? Oh my God. The editing, the graphics, they did a great job. The graphics are like really um, creative. I loved what they did with the article clippings and like how yeah, they, the way she yeah. did that, the way she pulled out the um, yeah. the motion graphics. Yeah, yeah, the motion graphics in this film I was are that. so on point. Um, let me see. There is so much that I could say about. This film, I wrote like these kind of incoherent notes, but something that I thought was interesting is um, they showed in the history part because the beginning of the film, they went through like the history of Flint Mm -hmm. and they talked about how every school had a community school director. Okay. And I missed that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You were setting up the podcast. Okay. And so every school had a community school director and each school director um, spent time helping the parents connect with the school and helping the school connect with the parents. And that was wow. like, that was like a, a job and they removed that position from their school system. Now that was the, that was like that all the way through to like the seventies. So imagine, you know, like now we have all these conversations, like this is, this is why we have to learn history. Cause we have all these conversations now about how do we involve the parents? How do we get parents involved? And we're making people feel like they are, you know, lacking or not doing what they're supposed to do when there was a whole position that a person did just to get parents Agreed, engaged. Piper. And now with that missing, it's people are like, oh, I don't understand why parents are not engaged. You got to hire somebody and it has to be their full time job to like make sure that that happens. <clears throat> anyway, I, I thought that was interesting. Um... They did the history of how Flint's water became toxic. Okay. It started in the 30s. I'm listening. So initially, they was part of the lumber industry. 
and they sent the logs and all that stuff to make paper and, and other things. And that went through the water. through the And so you got the runoff and the residue from that. Then they started making these. Then that led to like making the carriages. Then that led to making the to making cars. And so all of that, you know, through the 40s, through the 50s, they had stopped using Flint's drinking supply in the 60s. So they had stopped using the Flint River as a drinking supply in the 60s. It had been slated as contaminated as early as the 40s. So in the 40s and the 50s, they said that this water was contaminated, right? The 60s, they completely were like, we can't use this water as unusable. So when they got the emergency manager, which is basically financial martial law, where the government or the governor in this case hired and appointed um, someone called an emergency manager to take over the municipality or the city of Flint, which means that it rendered their city council people whom they had voted for incapacitated. It rendered the mayor whom they have voted for incapacitated and, and they couldn't make any decisions and all the decisions had to go through this emergency manager. So this person decided to save money. They did a backdoor deal, even though they had pages and pages and pages and pages and pages and pages of warnings against going with this water supply. They, they, they removed the Flint, the people of Flint's ability to even be able to speak on it. And this guy totally didn't listen to anybody and went and did his own. He ain't even from here. Don't know nothing about what happened despite all the warnings and went and switched the water anyway. Yeah. Cause that was a mission. Yeah. Switched the water anyway to save some money. And all these people, and then, and then even when they were getting reports of legionnaires, of hair loss, of people dying, of all these different, you know, things that they start, liver failure, heart disease, they started naming like all these brain damage, all these things that was happening because of the lead. They ignored all of that. They ignored all of that. Set up and continued using this water. Doesn't continued. that sound like a, a... And told them that it was safe to drink. Told them to oh boil it. And told them to boil it. They, they, did you see in the movie when, I mean, yeah, in the movie where they had the pictures of like the little cute little marketing yeah. documents and they told them it was so safe to creepy. drink. They told them that the water was safe to drink. And I missed the part of the film where they, where they broke it down to knowing that they, they cut it off for a reason. Yeah. It's been contaminated since the 60s. No, since the 30s. 30s, excuse yeah. me. They cut it off in the 60s. Yeah. So it had been increasing because of different reasons, oh. right? Different reasons. Mind you, when they, when they told people, so they find out, right, 2014, that the water is contaminated, but they're hiding it, right, in 2014. So 2014, 2015, they're trying to hide it. Okay, but all these news stories are coming out about what's going on in Flint, and the people of Flint are, like, keeping their story, right, in the news. So... Now you've got where they're hiding all this information from people, but it's coming out in the news. And so they're countering it with messaging saying, oh, but the water's safe to drink. Go ahead and drink the water. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so people are, you know, drink, using the water, but they're still seeing issues. One year later, that's how they put a boil water alert. 
the boil water alert increased the toxins and it increased the issue. And that's how people really started dying after they put in the boil water alert to people, boil water warning. It, it increased the toxicity. Uh, uh, the gentleman that we spoke to, Mike? Yeah. He mentioned, we talked about the emotional aspect of it and the first things that he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie, I feel like driving by Snyder's house right now. Oh, I don't understand why Snyder, how did he get off scot-free? Somebody. He, no, he's not even being pursued. Because the, it, everyone around him. The whole plan. It was beyond Snyder. So Snyder hired this emergency manager probably, and I'm just talking, based on an agenda from oh, yeah. somebody that we have never even seen. So yeah, all of it was a plot. From some federal. Yeah, some yeah. plot to well, get rid of the people in Flint. It, not only that, but take the property, shift the yeah. popula- population yep. control. Um, you know, it's all population control. And to be honest, did you, you might have said this, but GM... That whole movement of everybody moving out of there, they moved out of there because they knew about the water. Well, oh, that was another thing, too. GM was one of the companies early on back in 2014, right, when they discovered it. Yeah. GM was the main company that um, stopped using the water. So I they bet. Started, they started getting their water from someplace else. And then they started noticing that the pipes were... Um, you know, rusted and corroded. So they didn't allow their employees to drink the water. They weren't, the GM stopped using the water like two years before the city of Flint even acknowledged that it was an issue. Boy, oh boy. Not the city of Flint, before the state. Unfortunately. Because the city was kept in the dark too. They said that in the film, how the city was kept in the dark the Um, entire time. Unfortunately, this is the blueprint of how not to take things for face value in the media. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. God, how can you trust anything that is being told to you? Well, if people are telling you to drink water, Piper, well, that is contaminated. Well, that's why, you know, you got to stay on top of things and look for multiple sources of information and, you know, really, you know, when people say do your research, it's like, well, how? Where do you choose? I mean, all, most of these media outlets are, you know, government control they had a you know article recently about that um but the thing is is that um sometimes truth is in media sometimes you know it's messaging to make you think a certain way but you know if you're if you're varying just like if you vary your diet if you vary your media diet, yes, then the point. you'll be getting all your nutrients. <laughs> so you'll be getting, you can put, piece all that information together and you'll, you'll be able to find the truth. Yeah, the media is something else. And that film even highlighted the media's position on things. I yeah. mean, it gave it a good run. They've, you, know, they, you see articles on it, but it, it, it's, all, it's all a joke. You I'm going to go see, talk, talk to us a little bit more about the film and your thoughts. And um, I'm going to see who I can grab uh, maybe if I can grab another person. If I can't, um, then you know we'll wrap it up. But I'm gonna That's see cool. if I can grab another person. So That's cool. Let That's us know. You. you know, you're you're such a great millennial. I like you you're like such a thinker and uh, you know, I really like the way that you help me to see things and from a different perspective. So Thank you for the motivation for, for me to keep talking while you go look. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, fight. No, this is uh this is it's a good energy in the museum right now. Really, really good energy. This uh this film has been um 
something interesting. It's uh, it's giving me, it's giving me Piper's walking away, being silly, but it's it's giving me a lot of things to think about in um my everyday life. Just um, I knew you know from a lot of the elders in the community in the city when they come to the round table at the incubator space. Detroit is different. Shout out Davidson. Shout out Dexter. Shout out Kari. Shout out Rosa Parks. But they talk about the importance of having, you know, your own water bottle, your own um, BPA-free plastic, preferably glass bottle where you're able to source and keep up with your own water intake um, beyond using a water bottle, plastic water bottle, Nestle's, uh, Dasani, um, Aquafina, Crystal Glaciers, whatever, any type of water bottle that you can think of. Um, based on, you know, the city of Flint <clears throat> went through a situation where they had the opportunity to let, you know, Snyder let in a company, Nestle, let them in to profit, um, the, the, allow the state to profit off of a company coming in and taking natural resources that could have gone to the city of Flint. And so it's a principle for a lot of things, um, that should be the why you reason you do things, you know, the principle of it, you know, not that drinking a water bottle every now and then is going to affect your everyday life, but just to think about the tragedy tragedy that goes beyond um, opening up a bottle of water, you know, it goes beyond that. The tragedy of water itself will make you never again want to drink a water bottle. And, you know, so yeah, the film was deep. It was it was one of probably one of the you know deepest films that I've seen in a while. Um, I thought it started off a little slow. I thought it was gonna be you know the 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 original cliche of covering Flint and the effects of it, and not that anything that is dealing with people um, is cliche, but you know we're known to stay in an emotional state. And so to see a film that did a good job of, of giving us that, you know, emotional feel, but also stating facts is powerful. And we have, looks like another guest. How are you? So I ran into Leslie. This is Leslie Tom. She's here with the museum. She's the director of sustainability. Hi. Aren't, I'm so nice excited that the museum has a director of sustainability, right? That's powerful, yes. Chief director, chief sustainability chief? officer. Oh, chief sustainability mm-hmm. officer. She's not playing. Okay, no officers games. can like enforce no things. Games. <laughs> How you so, doing? Good, good. Yeah, so um, tell us about you and like what you do here and about this event. Yeah, um, I, I was brought in about four years ago okay. through the Detroit Revitalization Fellowship with Wayne State. Okay. Um, and there was an article that was written in the American Alliance of Museums, maybe in 2014, that said, hey, museums should start thinking about sustainability, about mm. water, energy, and waste. Juanita Moore um, wrote a grant to get a, a Detroit Revitalization Fellow, and here I am. Wow. So I've been doing this for four years now, and uh, we just won the American Alliance of Museums Yay! Sustainability Yay! Excellence Award. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations. Yes. With the Michigan Science Center. So okay. Nice. And the, uh, thanks very much to very the Detroit nice. Independent Freedom School. Okay, okay. Because they are the first sort of green stormwater infrastructure water project that okay. we've been able to implement. Mm. Um, and this whole idea of water, bringing everyone together, um, being able mm. to inspire and conspire action um, is something that 
today's event is definitely in line with mm. with we the people and all the speakers who are yes. um, watching this film, the screening on Flint, um, really how water can connect so many different parts of our history, our mm. future. Yeah, it's powerful. Yeah. It and last year, um, are, I wonder, are you doing this again? Remember last year you did, it's like a sustainability, well, well you changed how the at the African World Festival, you know, increased uh, all of the sustainable footprint, I should say, or, or decreased the footprint and increased uh, the ways in which um, the museum or the festival itself was um, utilizing sustainable methods. Are you going to, is that going to happen again this year? Well, we're still looking for some funding um, for African World Festival. That's, but that is definitely one of our, our, calls is to green our festivals understood mm -hmm. and um and it's just this idea of how special museums are or cultural institutions of we have so many visitors coming through here for so many different mm. activities like book greetings um weddings uh birthday parties and all these different life events and it's sort of like how can we change the infrastructure here and demonstrate really how um, energy, water, and waste is seen and felt and heard, mm. and why not? The, like Detroit is so full of so many people already doing this work. Why not elevate all the people who are already doing that and pay them to help implement these projects? Yeah. Love the way you think. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So um, now, one of the things you did there was a water project though that um, that you guys were specifically working on. Can you talk about that a little bit? Um, yeah, so we are the, we're, the Michigan Science Center and the Wright Museum are the first museums mm -hmm. to, um, get access to the Capital Partnership Program funds. Um, I'm probably saying it wrong. CPP. Okay. Um, DWSD, the okay. city of Detroit's, uh, sewer, water and sewerage department. I know, you, yeah. <laughs> right, I know right. you know what you mean. And, um, with that, with those funds, along with funds from the Herb Family Foundation, they really gave us the opportunity to say, what do you want to do um, with green stormwater infrastructure on your campuses? Both mm -hmm. of our campuses are having to pay over $30,000 in drainage fees, but also we have the opportunity to start to talk about, let's tell the history and uh, the story of water from an African-American cultural perspective here at the mm -hmm. museum and mm -hmm. a science perspective with climate change over at the Michigan Science Center, we share, we're neighbors. We're, mm -hmm. We actually share. A, you share the Greenway. Yeah, we share this Greenway, a property line. And um, with our two sites here, we're, we have 14 acres of land. Ah. So let's let's start thinking about, you know, the science of, of gardening, the health, soil health. Mm -hmm. Let's start thinking about um, the stories of, uh, the water warriors, yeah. you know, like there's just so many rich stories and narratives and we want to try to embed these proverbs and stories all mm. around our campus as we start to inspire the next generation to learn about these stories and their history to then be able to think about how do, how do young kids want to change the future? Because this is really important mm. work that, um, that is, is going to be needed to happen for younger, the next generation. Yeah. It affects them the most. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. 
And I think they they know how to talk about it. They know how mm. if we give them the tools. Tools. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. And then before you go in, because I know you're running this event, can you just tell us? Um, and I guess like for us, it's kind of obvious, but for you, why um, the you know Office of Sustainability is has this event, or you know, for for the Flint talking about Flint um, water crisis here, or showing this film. Yeah, um, well, it's there's a sustainable brands conference that's happening this week. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Okay, um, where global sustainability. Can groups, you tell us where it is? Where it's yeah, it's happening? at Kobo Center. Okay, but, thank you. Um, it's for the next couple of days. Okay, I, I'd say like tweet to sustainable at sustainable brands. There's yeah. these codes you can get, and anyone in Detroit can have access to going to some Ah, we're going to go because it's $3,600 to go. <laughs> yeah, the Innovation Expo is $39, yeah. $39 $49. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and tomorrow is the Lake Erie hack that okay. Sierra Club is putting on with Tech Town. What? Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, so we're there's going. all these things that are, <laughs> that are kind of happening. Um, and this was one of the special events that was happening Understood. with the conference. You guys did a great job. This film yeah, was a great beautiful. job. Great it was film. Much, much, much needed. Mm-hmm. Very powerful. Yeah, very powerful film. Yes. And thanks for the work that you're doing here, you yes. know, to help us become more sustainable. Yes. We appreciate you. Yeah, yeah, and thanks for partnering and having oh. conversations about all this stuff because, um, yeah, me being new to Detroit and yeah. just being new to all of this stuff, it's like having these conversations is what really is making this grow yes well thank you yeah. thank you thank for, you so yeah, much for we'll let you go yes thank we'll you let you go yeah <laughs> I, I keep forgetting thank too. you so thank you that was leslie tom the chief sustainability officer powerful right of um the charles h wright museum of african-american history yeah thank you for that's this great lesson. that they have that right yeah you're always taking me on cool field trips yay <laughs> <laughs> this is so yeah it is powerful right that's really cool I mean, I keep saying we could end right there, but it's like, it's so many people in that room. That I think that, I think. Incredible. What do you think? You want to keep going? I don't know. I was going to try to get one of those attorneys to come out here and tell us some legal stuff. I know. Well, yeah, I'm trying to get the rest of these people on this panel. Like, uh, from, I know, I'm going to have to, I know. I'm like, uh, I'm going to have to come. Uh, yeah, Miss Anna, she's one of the volunteers okay. here at the museum. She's got like some deep knowledge, deep history, Yoruba, and things like that. Okay. <laughs> right. But um, yeah, I'm going to go in here, Brittany, and I'm going to need okay. you to talk to people. We'll see. If, if, um, if people want to talk, then we'll get another interview. If, if people are like, if they're, if they're not really feeling like talking, then I Your think we can end it there. Oh, I'm not gonna say it on the on the internet. Just tell everybody. <laughs> don't don't yell this out. You know it's five 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 seventy seven. Thanks, pipe. Uh huh. So uh, I'm incriminating. The, there you go. Thanks. So um, I'll be right back. Let me see if I if I can grab someone else, or they okay. might be deep in in conversation, but we'll see. All right. Um, just looking at one of the pipes notes from the film. Makes me think about, I don't know if I've already stated, because we, we've talked to some really powerful guests, so I may be, you know, restating myself in a couple couple areas, but um, people having to pay for the water after the fact, or even during the fact, but like after it has, they've been outed. The state of Michigan, the city of Flint has been outed. They are still billing people for water. 
Not only are they billing people for water, they're billing people at a high amount for water. And then it's a Piper's point. So I guess we did talk about this. (laughs) They are shutting people's water off if the bill is not being paid. So the, the, there's there's a lot of lot of lot of frustration for me that that uh that just settles because it just is just like it's a slap in the face. It's a complete slap in the face to tell someone we've made a mistake uh, and you're gonna pay for it. And because we have a plan in place to deal with this mistake, uh, you should feel okay that we feel like you're obligated to make these payments. So is there things that you know? We have to continue to educate ourselves. We have to continue to push the limits so that we don't repeat history. And that's one of the biggest things that I I have to say that I have to agree with Piper on is is that we cannot continue to repeat history when we have the resources, the tools, the applications to learn. Um, Not to say that the people of Flint were in any wrongdoing, but... We have to be able to move in the future. We have to be able to not take things as face value. I'm not saying to become a conspiracy theorist. I'm not saying not to trust. There's layers and levels to the word trust. Um, But does that trust start with yourself? You know, do you trust your process? Do you trust the things that you are intaking and the things that you're learning? So uh, it's important. I'm a Scorpio. I'm a water sign. So I'm very fond of water. Um, I'm very in tune with water and I think we as humans naturally all of us have water in us um, we're made up of most of water so it is I think it's only natural that we are all uh, in some sorts connected to water on levels that we probably don't even understand so stories like this where you think about people who are drinking and bathing in contaminated water I think that alone should make you want to live life a little differently or at least crack the surface of learning about what life has to offer in the, you know, in the perspective of water. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's very, 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 very interesting stuff that, that we have going on here uh, that we need to continue to uh, uplift each other and ourselves and I think one of the things that I was getting ready to talk to you guys about is, you know, me me getting a water bottle based off me knowing that there are companies who are helping the situation by um, profiting off of water that could be used for people who are having to pay for it at high levels in impoverished cities like Detroit and Flint. Um I mean, it's just, it, it's so much. It, it, the, the film went into the de- the depthness, like I told you guys, the first layer, the second layer, because I missed the first layer of it. The second layer went into the depthness of the effects that it has on the brain of children. You know, and the scary part about it, and I shouldn't say the scary part about it, I should say the reality of it is, is that uh, the effects of lead can show up immediately and they can show up later, further down the line, after a child has technically developed and, you know, the mental capacities when they're in their 20s. So we talk about raising our children in the conscious mind state. But what about the unconscious mind state of us raising, us raising our children when there's things that are affecting them that we don't know about? And we have another guest. 
Hi. Good. All right. Oh my goodness. So when I came to the um, the beginning of the uh, when I came to the beginning of the event, I told you there was this um, press conference, mm -hmm. and there was you know a lovely press conference, and this this gorgeous well-dressed gentleman was here speaking <laughs> about all the great things he's doing for the community. Yes. And he's a former NFL person. So he's, he was used to getting knocked in his head. Okay, let me clean times. that up. Let me clean that up. Let me clean that up. What position did you play NFL person? I played a uh, fullback. Fullback. Yeah. Okay. So um, they did knock all the sense out of no, Thank God. Not, not too much. Kidding. They no, got a little bit. You, 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 you spoke so powerfully and you talked about, you know, wanting better for your children. That really, like, I was about to cry and be honest with you. Um but just introduce yourself and tell us about what you're doing. And this is the Piper Carter podcast. And, you know, people are going to think I know you now. But <laughs> I literally just begged them to come off the panel nice. and give us big. Thank you but I wanted people us. to hear, yes. you know, what he was talking about because it was so powerful. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for that. No problem. No, uh, thank you for giving me the opportunity to, mm -hmm. uh, you know, speak my message. Uh, like a uh, young lady said, you know, I... I'm here because of my babies. You know, mm. uh, my, my dad's an OBGYN. My parents are Nigerian mm. immigrants. They came to this country to give a better life for me. And I got to, you know, keep that going and give a better life for my kids. We always want our kids to do better than us and be Agreed. better than us. And uh, I realized that if I don't do my part as a father, as a protector, as a provider to kind of put in my two cents with this, um, you know, climate crisis, with environmental justice, with what's going on in the world, I'm, I'm, I'm failing them. Mm. And it's not that, you know, Old Foot, Michigan ain't happening in my backyard, so I'm cool. No, it's happening everywhere. And if we don't stop it now, it's going to be everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to, you know, be a voice for the voiceless, the defender, defenseless, to be there for those kids who are in Flint, Michigan, and they don't got dads who got the, uh, the access and the platform and the ability to make change like I do. So because, mm. you know, I've, I've been given some great power. I mean, I'm a former two-time All-Pro NFL fullback and got to be the top 1% of the top 1% and have played in stadiums with 70, 80, 90,000 people, played in front of millions of people mm. on TV and um, went on to do TV and radio. And I, I, I have the ability to make some change. And the problem is too many people in my position don't make that change that they can really uh, only themselves do. Uh, I, I'm, I'm proud and, and, and kind of not proud at the same time to say I'm the first NFL player with an environmental foundation. Wow. I started in 2008. It, it's, it shouldn't be 2019. I'm still like the only NFL player with a real environmental foundation or yeah. sustainability foundation or I'm focusing on things like air quality and water quality and environmental justice and green jobs. And there's such a huge vacuum and a gap between the haves and have-nots in the space and the people who are affected the most by it, communities of color, uh, are involved the least in this issue. Right. Because we seem to feel like it's a, it's a rich issue or a white issue or someone else's issue when mm. it affects us. And, and I get yeah. it. They got poverty and violence and drugs and uh, all types of other issues where they feel like the environment ain't their thing. Yeah. And that but is environmental justice. It, exactly. And that's, that's the thing. They have yeah. to understand that, you know, it's, it's fixing this can... Help them in other ways. You can make green by going green, save green by going green, you know, help with your sister's asthma and yeah. do something that can really make a difference. So um, my solution is I want to use something that crosses all lines, uh, Republican, Democrat, white, black, rich, poor, 
and for me that's sports. Mm-hmm. So so you know being a uh, sports player, of course, I, I I see that we need clean air to play our sport. We need yes. clean water to play our sport. Mm. We need God's green earth to play our sport. If you use this to frame the the problem or the issue, you can get people who otherwise would never be got and would never get involved in this space. Mm. And it's it's math. The more people that are fighting for these issues, the better chance we have to solve them. I love it. Tell everyone your yeah. full name. I don't know if you get uh, it. Uh, Ovi Mahaley, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Ovi Mahaley, yeah. Um, you talked about protection. So I have to make the metaphor with the position that you're known to play. Tell us about what the fullback does. The <laughs> fullback, I, I do quite a bit of protecting. I'm <laughs> so much of a, uh, a bodyguard of sorts. So, mm. you know, whether it's the tailback who's running behind me and trying to, you know, use me as a blocker and, or it's the quarterback who I'm protecting who was uh, Michael Vick for a while, played, mm-hmm. played with Vick for a year. Uh, then played with uh, Matt Ryan over Atlanta for uh, mm. a couple years, and they rely on me. It's just blind trust where they tell me to get. To have, I have a job and I have a responsibility, and they trust that I'm gonna do you know what I'm supposed to do. And it, it kind of goes into uh, just life in general. We 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 got to we can't do it by ourselves. Right. We can't win a football game by ourselves. Just a quarterback, just a fullback, just a wide receiver can't do it by themselves. And if we were really want to be successful in this green game, we need mm. people to play all sorts of positions. So that. tell us how people can play a position, like especially like with mm. what you're doing specifically. Yeah. So or like, what could we do? Because we, because we're, I'm environmental justice activist, yeah. and it excites me when I see other people excited, especially people, you know, talking about how this connects to yeah. like youth and you know, getting young people excited and urban communities. So. I'm, I just started a block club, yeah, and I'm trying to get my neighbors and stuff to care about green, but they don't because they got police and other things. Yeah, other issues. So, and it, it, it's just about um, language and, and you know um, making it resonate, having mm-hmm. it stick, and finding new ways to do that. So uh, we're, we're we're trying to figure out ways to license our um, our programs. We have something called Recycle on the Run. Wow. Where it's a physical activity obstacle course with environmental brain teasers. Anybody can put it together. Just put together like <laughs> some, you. you know, some hurdles. You got some mm. bags. You got a couple of, uh, you know, different um, drills to do. And then you have different environmental brain teasers, such as you have a bunch of recyclables and you have some bins. And you have to teach your kids, you know, what to recycle, how to recycle, because you want them to recycle more and recycle right. And our thing is that you can recycle while you're running, you can recycle while you're walking. So it's like recycle on the road. That's dope. And, um, this is so cool. Yeah, it yeah. is. So we, we try to create sports. Yeah. Sports is the uh, the heartbeat of it all. And we have a sports and environmental comic book called Gridiron Green that we're doing UNICEF. So wow. if you go to um, comicsunitingnations.org, okay. uh, they have comic books about all of the SDGs and most people don't even know what the SDG is. You guys know, yeah, right? Yeah, but let people know because our yeah. listeners might so, not. So, Sustainable Development Goals. Uh, okay. Sustainable Development Goals were created by uh, UNICEF and United Nations. All the countries came together and said, these are the 17 ways we're going to you know, save ourselves, save the planet, save each other. Life on land, life on water, gender equality, poverty, all climate change, all these very important things mm-hmm. that um, we want the people who need to know about them the most, which, again, people, communities of color and our yeah. kids, to, to understand them. And that hasn't been occurring, so they created Comics Uniting Nations. Mm-hmm. And they reached out to influencers such as myself to create comics that can what? really speak on the SDGs. So we're focusing on life on land for the first one. Mm-hmm. The second one, I definitely want to be life on water. Right, uh, okay. And um, several environmental justice issues in there. 
But if you go to again, comicsunitingnations.org, you'll uh-huh. see my comic and a bunch of other comics. And they're they're free for everybody. So okay. you, that's how you can wow. help. Get a kid who probably ain't interested in the environment, probably okay. don't care about it, but he loves Marvel. Right. He loves comics. Okay. He loves sports. <laughs> that's cool. And you'll see for the first time, or one of the few times, uh, an African-American lead in an environmental comic book. Mm. And you'll see sports theme throughout. So by reading the comic book, he's going to say, okay, I came for the sports and the comic and the coolness and the powers, but I'm staying because it's teaching me a little bit about what's really going on in the space and mm-hmm. how I want to be a part mm. of it. I really want to make a difference. I want to be on the right side of, of history. I want to get mm. involved in uh, helping to solve this problem. So that's yeah. a way to get, you know, because you're going to have the, tr- the uh, you know, tree huggers and the hippies and yeah. you're going to have all the people in the, in the environmental space, but we want the jocks. We want yeah. the uh, the kids who don't think this is their issue. We want the football players, the mm-hmm. basketball players, the soccer players, the baseball yes. players. We want them to come on in. Okay. So that's what we try to do. Oh my goodness, this is so exciting, isn't it? Yeah. It's I'm dope. very excited. Okay, so tell us because I know you got to get back in there. How do we connect with you to support everything that you're that you got going on? Yeah, uh, the website's the easy place. Uh, it's the Ovi Mahaley Foundation. So the website's omfgreen.org. Ovi Mahaley Foundation. Omfgreen.org. And you'll uh, donate button if you want to give to some of the work that we do. If you want to cool. order a comic, if you want to order a T-shirt. About to have a whole line of uh, recycled plastic swag that you can uh, oh, get dope. involved in. So uh, okay, start. That's wonderful. And then just, um, are you on social media? I am Ovi Mahaley, uh, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. I'm on all that. Oh, wonderful! Cool. Thank you so much. Thanks for taking the yeah, time. Thank you for doing that. To come through here, we're gonna we're gonna definitely connect with you. Please do. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. All right. So this is a uh, we're still you know here listening. Um, as he goes back in to join the rest of his panelists. And we this is isn't this incredible? This is awesome. This has been such an incredible event, yes. right? Yes. We're gonna have we're gonna follow up directly, right? Yes. hundred yeah. percent. I'm gonna try and get the filmmaker. Go for That'll it. That'll be cool, right? Go for okay, it. Okay, so I don't want you guys to go anywhere. So Brittany's gonna have to talk to you for a little while <laughs> while I go try to snag this filmmaker from this panel. Let's see if the if the panel's done yet, but that's really cool. I mean, you got um, NFL player, a former NFL player. He, um, you know, is out here making it look cool and awesome and sexy to care about your planet, right? Yeah. And to and to do it in a way that's fun, yes, and engaging and that he can connect to and stay passionate about and stay passionate about, right? Not just saying I want to, you know, <laughs> that's going to be a really weird metaphor, but. Here's my here's my name. Just slap it on something. No, it's like okay. Here's you know this movement. Yeah. Um. Here's some ways that's gonna work for you. Yes. Here's some ways that young people are actually going to you know mm-hmm. want to be involved in this. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try to grab some more people. Right. So you go ahead and talk. You can check out some of those points. This has been like such. This is so wonderful. Look at Brittany. You can stay with us, Brittany. You're a millennial. I am a millennial. <laughs> I'm looking at some of these notes on some things. Uh, Andrew Rising, I haven't seen that name in a while. Another NFL player that is that is doing some impactful work in the communities. Um, you know, guys, this it's, 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 has been a pleasure just to sit and to talk to people from different aspects of life. Uh, talk about the same thing and bring so much validity and passion and care and vitalness to water. Um, it affects all of us. And I think that's the point I was just trying to make to you guys in a long winded way that 
most of us is water. Most of us are water. So it's almost naturally we unconsciously are connected to water. So we have to be a little bit more conscientious about the things that we do. If we're pushing on men to be more conscientious, conscientious about being misogynist and the way that they treat women in particular situations and we're on women to do and to curve certain things and emotions and we have to be more conscientious about our water intake, uh, how we use water, the water we are using, how does it look? Those are things that we need to start thinking about more and things that I need to start thinking about more. I think about water again, I'm a water sign, but there's levels to things. And so I am just so so, 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 so excited about the city of Detroit being passionate about water, especially for Flint. I'm so excited. Oh, my goodness. Because I think, Piper, I was just telling you about how I was helping Kari at yeah. that event in yeah. Marygrove. Yeah. And his presentation. Oh, was, Peter Hamer. Yes. Okay. So, first of all, we always have all these Detroit Equity Action Lab guests on our podcast. And now we have the director... Right. Oh my gosh. Um, He's looking like what? Well, <laughs> his graphics. We always talk about the the uh, mapping the water crisis almost every week on here. We're always talking about water. We had Monica Lewis Patrick. We've had so many people. So, and we're gonna just have to do a whole show just with you. He's only got about two and a half or three minutes. But I wanted you to tell us who you are, what you do, and just about your connection to this film and any of the work. Sure. First, first, I want to say that the. You're amazing, Piper. Oh, thank and you. I just have great respect and, and admiration for all you do. Oh, so, thank you, Peter. <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm Peter Hammer. I teach at Wayne State Law School. I direct the Damon J. Key Center for Civil Rights. Uh, and I'm here because Monica Lewis-Patrick asked me to be here. Mm, and course. I do whatever Monica tells me to. <laughs> me too. Uh, and, and she, like everybody else, she tells me what to do, which is good. She says, I want you to talk about structural racism and emergency management and make sure that everybody understands before they go home tonight. <laughs> That that's the root cause of all of this. Right. And if we don't attack the root causes, we have no chance of trying to understand what's going to be making us better. Um, right. But we got we got to attack these myths. Right? Yeah. These, these myths that are coming out of the state house and coming yeah. out of the White House, and and it and it's true in Democratic and Republican administrations. It's not that mm -hmm. a Democrat's going to make mm. uh, uh, these issues go away because they are using the same racialized analysis uh, mm -hmm. that their fathers and grandfathers and great grandfathers yeah. did. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's got to transcend that notion of just Republican or Democrat to say what's real, what's true. Yeah. Uh, and then it's got to start educating folks and building power. Uh, yeah. Because the, the, the people are going to respond when Detroiters are organized. Uh, right. They're going to be organized uh, when they see it's in their self-interest to vote. Mm. Uh, and uh, for a lot of people's lifetimes, it hasn't been in their self-interest to vote because they haven't seen anything produced uh, by their yeah. vote. And so there's a lot of complicated issues we got to try to deal with. Um, but it's voices like yours uh, oh, and it's passion you. like yours uh, that are going to help guide us out of this. I have to ask you a question because honestly, you were one of the first people that I thought about when I heard them in the documentary mentioning trying to prove um, environmental racism. Your thoughts on those two words, environmental racism? Yeah, uh, uh, we've got to use them, right? I mean, there's no sort of environmental justice. Right. Mm. Or environmental injustice. You know, we're just, we got to label things the same ways. Yeah. The true way. So I, I think we got to call things that are environmental racism, environmental racism. But then we got to see that deep interconnectivity. Mm. That it, racism in the environment is, is connected with racism in housing, is connected with uh, racism in, in, in education. 
and we got to get out of our silos, right? And and people who are in the environmental movement sometimes forget that people are in the environment. So there's, <laughs> there's a whole lot of education that <laughs> needs to go on yeah. uh, to 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 get people who have good values on the environment to actually understand that they got to care about race as well. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the work we do at the Key Center really says that, that all of this needs to be looked through a lens of structural racism. Uh, and that's a unifying frame. It doesn't divide people. Right. right? And, and it doesn't, you know, make people go crazy and, mm. and, and run away because they can't understand it or it's yeah. too stressful. Uh, it actually starts to lead to better understanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and better understanding leads to better action. And you, and just so folks remember... We had Monica Lewis-Patrick on here, and we talked about the book, The Mapping the Water Crisis, and you were very instrumental in supporting creating that as a living piece of work. Can you speak to that? Yeah, sure. First, it it, it was all the wheel of people, so you always give credit to to where it's due. Uh, well, it did say supporting. It, no, no, absolutely. <laughs> and and what was, was really wonderful, and this is how I think we're trying to work at, at, at the Key Center with the Detroit Equity Action Lab, uh, is we listen to what our members need. And mm-hmm. what she said she wanted is she wanted to hold the uh, premiere, right, sort of the book event at the Key Center. Okay. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and what she described it as, that was the perfect frame to lift mm-hmm. up this wonderful work that's going on in the yes. community uh, and to, to, to showcase it. Uh, and if we can use the, the kind of, of resources that we have at the, the key center to be able to be lifting up community expertise, uh, uh, that's, to me, that's the best day in the world. So you, yeah. you, you acknowledge the expertise that's all around us, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, uh, you just get out of the way and, and let people like Monica do her work. Yeah. Powerful well, this stuff. is, we're going to have to, we know, uh, you got to go, and I'm going to let you go do your thing, but we're going to just have to bring you just, on just for people, another time. He, this like, is one of the a, most powerful people. Amazing, man. amazing, right? I don't even know Thinker, if he knows. incredible. Yeah. No, he's so humble. He's yeah. he's not even going to tell you. He'll just be like, <laughs> but, but thank you for coming on. Um you know, we're, we're just going to have to schedule you to, like, just do an interview, yeah. like, with you. Anytime to spend an brilliance. hour with you guys is, uh, is going to be a pleasure. <laughs> That'll be Yay! cool. Okay, well, yeah. um, I'll let you go ahead and get, get to where you got to get to. Because I, I literally just grabbed him as he was running. Oh, he did us a huge favor. Nice meeting you. Thank you, Bye. Peter. Love you, Peter. Yeah. Um, and he's just brilliant, right? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And his research, like, his tools. Like, he says he makes it to where you sit down and it's me and you and he says, you're racist? <laughs> this is why you're racist. This is what's but it's going okay. On. Yeah, we're gonna get through we're gonna this get together. Through it together. And 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 the tools that he has, the the mm. you know, just all the maps, all the data, how he's able to lay it out in a way. And I like that he uses his um, white privilege to speak to white people. I do too. You know, and that's the type of allies that we really, really need. You know, in this movement. Um, like I said, he does a lot of funding. Mm. Um, of um, racial equity education in a lot of these different spaces um, helped, you know, to get funded the project, the Mapping the Water Crisis, which is now a book, mm. which are the maps that show, you know, in Detroit what happened, you know? So the closing of all the schools, the foreclosure crisis, um, the water shutoffs and where that devastation happened and it's color coded. And then when you put the maps all on top of one another, you can see they're all the same population. It's all the same areas. So what's the name of this book again? Mapping the water crisis. How can people get it? Amazon it? Um, I know for sure they can get it on the, we, the people website. Thank you. Um, so it's we, the people, 
um, I think either .org or .com. We'll have to get that specifically. I'm going to try to see if I can. That was amazing, right? We've got some amazing people on this episode. Yeah. So this episode is just like, Litty. it's so lit. Lit, lit. And we're talking about water, and which we do every week. But this is uh, really wonderful to like hear, you know, all these people that are, you know, really doing some powerful work, um, some really transformational work that's going on. So when people always ask about what's going on with Flint. The Flint crisis is still going, going on. And these are people that are doing lots of powerful things to like, you know, combat that. So I'm going to go in here and try to find this filmmaker okay. and see if we can get him. And uh, I'm going to practice you talk my freestyles. To the people. Oh, my Lord. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys. So like it was like a couple weeks, probably like now, like almost a month ago. Uh, Detroit is different. Um, Kari, he asked me to help him do um, some sound engineering and some videography at an event in Detroit at Mary Gross. Uh, it was on Mary Gross campus and it was called Inclusion. And the event brought together major corporations that are based in the city in the metro Detroit area of Detroit. Um, he also, uh, the event also brought together police departments and it was a powerful event. I come, you know, shouts out to Curry for allowing me to work it. But I say all that to say that at the event, I had the, the honor of listening to and seeing, um, Peter's work. And he, like, you know, like Piper and I were just joking about, he laid out systematic racism with maps and, and graphics and bridges. And it was a very intricate, interesting way to uh, map out racism and so I really really appreciated it and so to be able to see him at an event like this today and speak with him more in depth was awesome so I appreciate that opportunity uh, just to give you guys a little bit of visual on where we're at and what we're doing um, we're at the we're in the basement of the um, African-American Re Museum which is uh, off Warren and Woodward uh, known as the Charles H. Wright, uh, known as the museum. And uh, we are just in a space where they let the projectors down and they did a premiere of this film, um, The Flint Water Crisis. And uh, we've been uh, we've been rocking and rolling. So it's it's been it's been pretty dope. And it looks like we have an, another guest. Hi. So you can grab the headphones and the microphone here. And so we 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 lucked up and we got the filmmaker. Oh my god! It's the end of the night, so we're not gonna do the whole full thing. But um, wow, wasn't this film incredible? Like dynamic on so many different levels. And thank you for it. Yeah. Oh my so gosh. Yeah. So just tell us like who you are and what you do. And yeah, just start there. Okay. Um, my name is David Barnhart. And I'm the, just talking a little closer. I'm the director for, for Flint. The Poisoning. Say your name one more time. David Barnhart. Barnhart. And oh. I'm the director for Flint, the Poisoning of an American City. We've been mm. working on it for almost five years now. Wow. Um, we're still not quite done. We're working on the audio. We're finishing some things. But um, as I said before, I think filmmaking is about relationships. And we've been working with the city and with the community over five years now trying to develop this and mm. work on it. And... Um, and we, like I said, we wanted to let the voice be the community. So I came with no agenda. We didn't come with any sort of direction that we wanted to go. We came mm -hmm. to listen. Mm. And we wanted to listen and develop those relationships and kind of um, 
and let each each interview kind of take us deeper into this. Right. And that's what it did. Yes. <laughs> and, and that's what happened. And we thought we were going to be done in October. And then, like I said, I, I got the phone call from someone that we met at one of the water stations. Mm. He said, have you seen the testimony on the Hill? And I said, no. And so I went into the testimony. Like, wow, this has got to be in the film. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's that listening and, and letting the story be and go where it needs to go. I um, love the way you laid out the story because you start this from the beginning of like, this is Flint, you know, and showing us this this city, this American, you know, right. city. And it was Americana, you know, yeah. like where you start in the beginning, you know, mm-hmm. and then you move us through um, the city itself and the, the, the infrastructure of the city itself. And I love how you move us immediately to the industries that the city was built around and connected it to the pollution, the evolution of the toxicity of the Flint River and just the multiple instances of the toxicity in the Flint River from the 30s and then them changing to say, hey, look, we're not going to drink this water in the, in, the, in the 60s. So that whole entire part, like, that's genius, bro. That's freaking genius. Well, we just, I mean, when we first started talking to people about the crisis, they didn't want to talk about the crisis. What they wanted to talk about was what used to be in the, mm. in the American, the, the, their memory of what Flint was at one time, mm-hmm. which we didn't understand. I'm from Atlanta. So mm. I, and so I remember we were out shooting one day in one of the vacant areas and this guy just pulled up and got out of his car, an older man, and just started telling us stories and walking with us mm. around the industrial site where the factories used to be and saying, this is where the, um, this particular part of the factory was used to be. This is mm. where they used to make the spark plugs. This is where I used to come and have my lunch. Over here, I used to meet so-and-so. And, oh we my would, God. and he was like telling this story, and I'm looking around, and it's like, there's, there's nothing there. It's, it's complete, mm. dilapidated wasteland that used to be um, full of life and mm. full of... Wow. And so, we were like, we have to start there. Mm. Yeah. What was the fabric of life of Flint at one time? And this is what... It, and, and, and so, that's kind of where we, we had to start, because yeah. when we listen to people, again, listening that's where they wanted to start. Like, mm. let's start there. Let's start with, and then we, um, when we found the article about the hundred years, like the history of the Flint River, the environmental history, I'd never mm. seen that before. And when I read that article, it Whoa. blew my mind. But at what point did you get the article, like in, in your making of the film? Was it like... Early on. Oh, wow. Yes, early on. That's so, a blessing. So reading that, it was just like, we, this has got to be in here. Like, yeah. again, you know, um, because it explains so much oh my about God. how we got to where we are. And it you makes did. it it makes it even more criminal and mm-hmm. more frustrating to know that. Yeah. Like it's that to me is not, is the is the stamp that you put on the letter before you mail it out. Mm-hmm. 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 But at the same time is also the letter that's inside of the envelope. Right. Mm. Right. Right. But it's right. and it's interesting because you told this story in a way that was very authentic and visually beautiful the graphics are just the motion graphics are just amazing so modern like you look like you had a bajillion billion dollars to like do this film but but you said you didn't you use your resource as well yeah and you empower the people of flint on so many different Mm. levels the people you gave it, you gave everyone in Flint life. Yeah. You know, the older, the elder Caucasian man, powerful. Pimp telling us that he sent the water 
he sent the water results from a different address mm-hmm. just to ensure that the the validity validity of it, mm-hmm. and then showing the people who. For the time being, their living was to pass out the water, mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. able to see them day after day do the same mm-hmm. thing, and then also tell their personal stories. Yeah, layered. What what blew us away though was when we go to the water stations, how how happy everyone mm. was that worked at the mm. water station because they're seeing their neighbors and people in the neighborhood oh, every day, wow. and like checking, hey, how you doing? That's the part I wish we could have put in the film is that. That connection uh, that the water stations were the center mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. people coming together, right? Like yeah. right, people right, coming right. together and talking and listening to each other, mm-hmm. catching up. Mm-hmm. How's your kids doing? Like they would talk about, hey, how's your family doing? How's it, you know, mm-hmm. catching up with everything? And then they were providing a service that was essential, right? Mm. Yeah. Like giving that water. That's deep. It, it was, that, if, if there's one thing I wish we could have included more in the film, it was that. But I still got that yeah. out of it, by the oh, way. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, you still got yeah. that. You still, you still it, saw it, it happening. Yes. In so many films that when are the on, guy, uh-huh. the guy, remember he put the water in the, tr- in the oh, back yeah, seat? Oh, yeah, I was thinking about right, that. Right, right. That, that was a good one. When he put the water in the back seat and he was like, I'm just trying to make sure you're okay. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. Let me help you. So many, but so many of the environmental films that you see now are... They've tried out the ex- experts and the upper echelon people oh, that are right. going to give you the the big picture, the up in the clouds mm-hmm, picture. Mm-hmm. And what we wanted to do was is show the front lines and show yeah. those impacted. Yeah, those impacted, and let that voice be heard, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to people philosophizing about how this. But happened. you and, weaved in and we that into, the data right, through right. the graphics, right, right, through the news stories, right, through the 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 hearing testimony, through the news clips, through. Um, maps, you know, charts, graphs, you know, statistics, uh, headlines. I mean, you did it very, very well. So it was like those things were speaking to that. Mm-hmm. And then the people were actually, we saw their stories. We saw their humanity. We saw, you know, what they wanted to, you know, say, but probably no one else was listening. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And yeah. it was it was a that was the journey that we went on, mm, and yeah. that's is what we tried to capture. That's really what you saw, kind of. You um, have gained your Michigan card. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. You have your Michigan card. Detroit now. and Flint. I've already you, emotional. You got a pass. You, make- <laughs> you got a pass, man. You have a major that means, pass. That yeah. Means, yeah. That means so much to me. Yeah. I, I, thank you. This was. I mean. Okay. So tell us. Because I know you got to go, because you guys probably got some fancy dinner. No, but, uh, no, no, not really. <laughs> but um, <laughs> tell us about like where we can see this film again, how folks can access this film, mm-hmm. and your website, and how we can get in touch with you, and all of that. Yeah, one of the things that, that we're hoping to do is we want this film to be a resource for cities and for communities. Mm-hmm. We don't want to just show it at festivals and and you know get trapped in that bubble of you know, festivals and environmental right. activists and no one else sees it. We want, okay. we want to bring this film to a community level, to a neighborhood level. Mm. So um, our hope is to, we're going to do the premiere in Flint okay. in, in September, we hope, and then have cities lined up afterwards to Understood, go. to show Yeah, powerful. and especially cities where they're dealing with water issues, especially okay. cities where, um, where it, it, that this conversation needs to happen, this level of engagement needs to happen. And so... We're going to take it to cities that are having water issues, have similar things that like we did tonight with the panel and bring in people locally who are working on water issues. Mm. So bring it, bring people from Flint to, let's say, Cleveland that's dealing with water issues. Mm. Have people from Flint there to show this film and then right. have people that are working locally in Cleveland 
to talk about what they're doing locally right. and lift up. So you people know. can help support one another. Right. And so, um, so yeah, so the, the hope is to have the premiere in September and then do screenings in other cities. Yeah. And then um, our website is, is flintpoisoning.com. Okay. Flintpoisoning.com. You can follow the film there. Um, and social media? Social media, Flint Poisoning as well. Okay. On Twitter. Um, okay. I'm not on Twitter because I'm old, but uh, I should be on Twitter, but I'm not. Anyway. Uh, you might be on Facebook. That's where old people are on exactly. Facebook. I feel bad. I'm not on any of it. She's a millennial. Can you believe it? She's have, not on any social media. And we have Flint. It's Flint Poisoning on Facebook as well. Right, okay. Cool. So Flint Poisoning. Okay. Yeah. We're going to be now adding that to our arsenal yes, for please. every week when yes. we talk about water. We're going to remind people. Right. Go on the website. And then, are there any specific asks that you want from folks, like how folks can support what you're doing? We want people, if they want to host or sponsor a screening, to reach out to us. Okay. okay. On That's Flint Poisoning. Okay. Absolutely. Okay, At we Flint will. Poisoning. Let us know. Um, you want to host, you want to organize an event, you want to bring people together to talk about water in your community, in your yeah. city, reach out to us. That and then is... just say, say your name one more time. Uh, my name is David Barnhart. Okay. Thank yeah. you so much, Thank David. Thank you so much, David. I, yes. I'm going to let you get to your dinner. Thank you yeah. for humbly coming over here yeah. and talking to us. No, absolutely. So what? where is this going to be? I love so that. I'm going to send it to you. It's, Please, um, yeah. We're on Detroit is Different. Uh, it's a podcast network. This is the Piper Carter podcast. Awesome. There's about 10 podcasts on the network. We always talk about water, environmental issues, community, and hip-hop. Yeah. Oh, so, man, really? So this is cool. She, yeah. uh, she is a huge uh, social justice activist in the city of Detroit and does a lot of work for women in hip-hop. That's one of her uh, organization's names. She's, <laughs> oh, she nice. bridges yeah. the gap in between okay. a lot of different generations, and yeah. she makes it happen. So. Well, we can, put, I mean, we can put your stuff up on our site if you want, like somehow. Oh, we yeah. Could. We would love that. That so, yeah, would be awesome. Yeah. So share this with us, and we'll, we, we'll make yeah, sure. Yeah, and we were interviewing people all day, so we can share this with you. They've been speaking to. about stuff, so this is so cool. Yeah, thank yeah. you for this. Yeah, thank you for yeah. this. Yeah, thank you for yeah. having me. I really well, we'll let it. you get to your dinner. Yeah. And uh, let's, see if we, let's see if we can get a couple words out of Monica Lewis-Patrick okay. from We the People of Detroit. All thank right. you so thank much. Thank you for having me. It's good to meet you guys. Yeah, thank you. All right. Yeah, this is... So like okay. like uh, Piper just stated, David, the filmmaker, was nice enough to grace us with his presence after doing a whole press uh, before the documentary started. It, it This has just been awesome. Um, very, very awesome. The things that he has uh, given us the opportunity to do while just sitting here is just uh, it's awesome. So right place, right time, good energy. Um, I'm just excited. The event is just to give you guys again a little bit about where we are. We are. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, we're, you know, we are at the, um, we are the basement of the museum, which is the um, powerful place to be where a lot of the brains of the city of Detroit and a lot of events happen. Um, this is where we are. The event is just ended. It started with the media and then it, it, it went into the film, and then after they had a panel. So a lot of the people that you've been speaking with, um, that we've been speaking with today uh, to bring to you, um, were on the panel. Uh, people from Flint, the filmmaker himself, um, uh, a organization, uh, churches from Flint. Um, we've, we have, I think we've had some good representation just to give you a little bit of insight on the film itself and then also the reasoning of us being um, 
here for the film because of the water, the water crisis um, that has been going on in Flint beyond the uh, ages of what's been documented or excuse me, what has been given to us through our media. So um, it's, it's been powerful, guys. And, you know, I thank you guys for listening on a weekly basis. Not that we like to just hear ourselves talking to talk about how many viewers and listeners that we have. But I think that you guys are important to us because you continue to consume this knowledge and energy and learning experiences that, you know, we're bringing to you. So that on a lot of different levels humbles me personally because all of this in, in a lot of ways is new to me but when you do events like this it makes me proud to be aligned with Detroit is different and the Piper Carter podcast because I'm learning uh, I'm seeing people with passionate initiatives and goals um, accomplish them and it inspires me so I'm having a great time I'm just viewing I'm taking a look um, so, no, not yet. So, that was someone, one of the people coming up to me asking me, do we have a card for the podcast? Um, it's powerful. I'm kind of looking at Piper, talk to one of the people that we spoke with, and then there's Monica, was Patrick that's here, who is a very dynamic person. Um, these are all people we uplift a lot on the podcast, and... We make, well, really Piper because she knows these people. Some of you guys are probably like, I mean, oh my gosh, like they're always talking about these people we don't know, um, but they are in our right mind celebrities because I guess it depends on your priorities. So, uh, hi, how you doing? I'm Brittany. Nice to meet you. So, yes. so we got, um, we got the guru gangster, Beyond. <laughs> so here she go. Right? I'm over here being all nice. So throw these on so you can hear, and that's your mic. Yeah, so we got the guru gangster in the building, <laughs> right? Usually I have my thugged out, like, <laughs> throw the hoodie. Like warrior. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got my warrior Well, this on. is a different type of warrior. This is the... the a dynamic warrior. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, listen, we had Monica Lewis Patrick on the show before, actually a year ago. Yeah. Was it a year? Yep. Oh, wow. Talking about the... Talking about the water. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't mean to laugh, y'all. But oh, we, no, but oh, we <laughs> talk about the water every week on our podcast. Because oh, of wow. that show. For because really? of that show. E that show every is week. one of the highest ranking shows that we've done. Yeah. And I was unfortunately not a part of the show before that, but um, she's talking about on my stats. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. People love that. So My kids say I talk about it too much. Wow. No. Well, <laughs> when they go fix it. <laughs> hey. Where do you go hey. fix it? Well, that's the main point, you know, is the, the, the film tonight at the Charles H. Wright was really about making sure that people knew that Flint's, Flint's not fixed. Mm. Yeah. You know? Flint's not fixed. Because Snyder, Flint... on his way out, that was his marketing. He said he fixed the water. When, right. Remember when he was leaving? Well, that was the big part of why he uh, discontinued water relief from the state to Flint. Right. Was to be able to sort of put a nice, neat bow on it and mm -hmm. say it was done. Uh, but what we know is that through we the people of Detroit and the work that we've done with activists in Flint is that we have continued to deliver water to Flint on a monthly basis mm. uh, continuously since 2017 and sporadically uh, since 2015. Right. And so what we made a commitment at we the people of Detroit is that uh, it's just like your, your favorite cousin. You mm -hmm. know, if you saw your favorite cousin hungry or, or homeless, uh, you'd look out for him. Yeah. And so that's how we see Flint. 
Flint is one of our favorite cousins here in mm-hmm, Detroit. Mm-hmm. And so we see it no different than our neighbor next door not having what they need. Right, right. And so We the People of Detroit has been just vehemently also, well, I'm going to say like bookends. Going where the people are, delivering immediate need, also doing some really difficult work which is digging into our system with this policy and these politicians and being at the table and staying at the table. Mm. That's the challenge. And continuing to move on that front. There's not a lot of people in that space having, having this type of conversation. Exactly. exactly. Right? So, you know, and I'm calling it a bookend because usually in activism, people are either like on the front line or they in a negotiating table, you're actually doing all of that. You and your team. Oh, it's amazing. And yeah, I, I just get to be the face of it, but there's an amazing uh, cohort of folks, young and old, uh, very committed to the vision, what we call the We the People way. Mm. And the We the People way means that we unapologetically are pursuing the human right to water for our community. We are unapologetically uh, uh, pursuing the right to freedom and liberty and justice. Mm. And so we don't uh, shy away from the fact that Detroit has not only built a system that's providing water to 3.8 million Michiganders, 126 municipalities and townships, but at the same time, you only have two uh, municipalities that cannot drink from that same well that those other 3.8 million Michiganders drink from, Mm. and that's Detroit and Flint. Mm. And so for me, that's a justice issue. That's an equity issue. Yeah. Uh, and for us, uh, you know, we can't have peace until we have justice. Now, speaking of justice, we got to get this on the table before you go. We always talk about the economic justice piece. You've been also providing employment to folks, you know, um, to support this movement. You've also been providing economic support to you know, make sure that people are taken care of, that they're, that they're aware, but that they're taken care of, you know? And that, how is it that you're able in this climate to even be able to support people in that way, you know? Well, it's, it's, we're not confused at all that we the people, there is one objective that we have is that people come first. Mm-hmm. People come first. Okay. And so with understanding that people come first, what we look at is we triage every issue. Yeah. It's, it's the most impacted part of our community mm-hmm. that's the most important to us. Right. It's that person, that mom that is working three jobs and having to leave the city and has four children and is on a fixed income and struggling to meet that water bill. Mm. For that mom, what's important to her is to know that somebody in her community cares about her struggle. Mm-hmm. And so what we believe we embody, we embody the essence of beloved Detroit. Mm-hmm. Not that we just love each other. We dearly and deeply love each other. Mm-hmm. When you go across the city and you see water hoses running from house to house, yeah. that's a belovedness in a city. Mm-hmm. When you see communities where people have washed each other's clothes for six months to a year mm-hmm. in order for their children to keep their dignity, mm-hmm. in order to keep going to work that's a deep belovedness so it goes beyond our water infrastructure and our energy infrastructure it goes to the heart of the humanity uh, of human being humans being reconstructed and being intricately connected to the fact that these things should matter to one another you know it, it 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 what happened to me is i believe that i got called into a fight 
for the human right to water for Detroiters. Mm. But then I got called into a higher fight, mm. which is the, the world is right now in a world war around who's going to control the water. Mm. And so what I'm seeing play out right now before my eyes is that we've each got to deputize ourselves and take on some part of this fight. What is it? The saying is, is many hands make light work. Yes. So if I'm the only one working, that's hard work. Yeah. But if we all are collectively working, Mm -hmm. guess what? That makes light work and it makes it easier to move these issues. And what we know is we sit in Detroit in the largest hepatitis A outbreak in documented American history. Right. And at the same time, you're going to tell the people of Detroit that we're coming back as you turn their water off. Mm. Then I question that comeback. Yeah. That comeback is a setback. Mm. 100%. Well, now, along with that, because I know you got to go. Heavy. You've got, a, 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 I, I want to say you've been doing a real good job, like getting water affordability on the lips of people. And I know that the water affordability has been in the air with the city and they're talking about water affordability. Like, where is the water affordability plan bill act like at this point in terms of like, how close are we? Where we are is we're closer than we've ever been before. Okay. What we know is that based on research coming out of Michigan State University, that we're looking at by the year 2022, about 36% of the country not able to afford their water. Mm. Two years ago, there were only activists in Detroit and in major cities like Baltimore and Philadelphia talking about water affordability plans. Mm -hmm. Chicago, in the last uh, eight years, has seen their water rates go up, uh, their water rates have tripled. Man. So I just went to Chicago about three weeks ago to talk with them about unaffordable water. Yeah. Uh, I'm on my way to Milwaukee. When I get back from Milwaukee, then I'll go to Traverse City. When I get back from Traverse City, I'll go to Washtenaw County. Mm-hmm. So where Ann Arbor is in the University of Michigan, right outside there, mm-hmm. you, uh, a few minutes away, you go to Yipsy. Right. Well, Yipsy is experiencing an unaffordable water rate. Mm, right, right. And so they have massive water shutoffs happening in Yipsy. Guess what's starting to happen? It's starting to trickle on over Mm. to Ann Arbor. Mm. (laughs) So what we know from water is water has no boundaries. Mm. Mm -hmm. These imaginary boundaries we create for water and Mm -hmm. we name it and claim it. Well, guess what? Water doesn't adhere to that. Mm -hmm. And so what we learned from the great Charity Hicks is that Mm, we have to be committed to a global understanding about who we are in this moment. Yeah. We have a moment to change the course of history around this bad trajectory of, of destruction and devastation. Yeah. And what I know about Detroit is Detroit has been the canary in the mine for a couple of decades. Mm. And what we've learned to do is we've learned to be able to transform ourselves beyond our crisis. Okay. And that's the piece that we're bringing to all the world. Okay. Is that Detroiters are the example of all that has gone wrong when you set aside democracy. Yeah. When you impose environmental injustices and when you decide that you know what's best for a people. Mm. But what I know about beloved Detroit is we've also been the example for the rest of the world Mm -hmm. how to reinvent yourself, how to mobilize and how to galvanize Mm -hmm. all that God has put into us. Because we have all that we need. Yes, we do. Our ancestors and our parents continue to tell us this. Mm -hmm. We have everything that we need to take Mm -hmm. care of ourselves and each other. Mm. It's all about us being willing on our two legs to bring equity and justice into the room. Nobody's going to give it to us. We have to bring it with us. Okay. So, oh my goodness. 
I know. I gotta let you like, get we to gotta your put, fancy dinner. We gotta put that on like every every sound bite like uh, that that needs to be played like on every hip hop yeah, song to, like, like in the beginning. In the, we need to make and that then like that was crazy. So was moving forward, um, we got this elections coming up twenty twenty. There's a presidential election, but locally we m- may have a shift. I don't know what's mm. gonna happen with the mayor, mm. but um, regardless of what happens with that, water affordability yes. is gonna be. On a ballot, no? Is yes. it already... Is it it's not on be? a ballot. Okay. Uh, what how I do, how say, does this happen? What I would say is there's a couple of things happening. You've got okay. local work happening. You've got regional work happening. You've got state and national work happening. Okay. Uh, we are at all of those tables. There's actually 13 different tables that we, the people of Detroit, I represent we, the people of Detroit, at uh, having these conversations about everything from the new writing of the lead copper rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, we sit at the University of Michigan's water center on that. Uh, to the national work that we're doing with the U.S. Human Rights Network, with Policy Link. Mm-hmm. And so what has happened is all of those entities are asking Detroiters and those of us that have been in this work for a minute to come and help them understand how mm-hmm. water affordability should be rolled out. Mm-hmm. <coughs> mm-hmm. Because what you have is there's a difference between water assistance and water affordability. Right. Water assistance means that if we have money, then you make and get some money to get some water. Right. But if we don't have any money, too bad, mm-hmm. you know, work it out. Yeah. But a water affordability plan says for those persons that are hitting uh, the federal guidelines of being low income, yeah. anywhere between 150 to 200 percent, mm-hmm. then those persons should qualify for water assistant, uh, mm-hmm. water uh, affordability plan, mm-hmm. and their water should not cost them more than 3.5 percent of their income. Mm. The average Detroiter is paying upwards of 10 percent of their income to access their water. Mm. That's so what we know is that water rates have gone up over 126% in the last 12 years. Okay. That on its face is unaffordable. Yeah. So right. even the folks that have water right now, what we've seen all across Detroit mm-hmm. is even your more aff- uh, affluent communities. Mm-hmm. Those folks are struggling to keep their water on. Okay. And now you have a major issue with your churches and large institutions not mm-hmm. being able to afford their stormwater rates. So what we believe is that water is being weaponized as a way to move people out of the city that they have decided they no longer want mm. as part of this population. I was going to ask like what the connection was with that because with I just don't see how anybody could uh, pass anything that says that not only should the people of Flint have to pay their water bill but continue to pay it at the rate that they're paying it. How like how is that on paper not criminal? Well, it is criminal. If you look at emergency management and how emergency management was applied all across Michigan, it was racially applied. Oh, mm-hmm. So that alone makes it uh, a violation of the, our constitutional rights. Mm-hmm. But then the fact that they were able to put on record uh, executive orders that still are in place. Mm-hmm. Many people don't understand, even in the city of Detroit, you still have things that Kevin Orr, the emergency management put, uh, manager, put into law that Mike Duggan and others are still adhering to. Mm. So just because you don't have a ma- emergency management in the seat of power, wow. please believe that many of those policies that came down from on high from Governor Snyder are still in operation today. Wow. Yeah. And that just that just gave me that we have to live in a moment like you have to be able to live in a moment and see. See the things, see the things that are going on in the moment, and be in- invested, right? Because yeah. that's what we the people does is helps everybody be able to access their engagement, right, with this movement. So and where they are, and it's where just you like are. pipes, what you do, and, mm-hmm. and the sister here are doing. 
using your platform as media makers, music makers, is one format of being able to reach a population that may never talk to me. Right. And so what I want to encourage everybody to understand is that part of this whole uh, theme that we embrace about deputizing yourself Mm -hmm. is about owning your own agency and space. Mm -hmm. You have a right to breathe. You have a right to be. You have a right to drink. You have a right to think. Mm -hmm. All of these things are critical parts of just being a human being Mm -hmm. and being at your full operation. And so anybody that's intentionally poisoning you or preventing you from operating at every level of agency and table that you have a right to, Mm. then those are things to me are are personal violations. Those are things that we have to organize and fight against. You know, I'm I'm personally offended now that you're preventing (laughs) me from being all I can be. Mm. Right. And that's how we've got to look at it. Mm -hmm. Some of these things are meant to be blockades. Mm -hmm. And what we've got to do is we've got to unite all of our abilities. I, I refer to it a lot of times as the Nehemiah a principle okay you know that as each one did their part mm. they were able to feel uh of fulfill a vision right and our vision for our community is that we would be healthy that we would be wealthy that we would be operating in our best and highest mm. self at all times okay and that is not unachievable but if okay. we constantly are bombarded with things that won't even allow you to have healthy food quality water access to that water, the ability to afford that water, Mm -hmm. then those things are problematic. Mm -hmm. As long as Detroiters are paying retail for water and Mm -hmm. everyone else that gets our water pays wholesale, then that's going to be a problem for me. Yeah. (sighs) Because how am I the owner, but I have no access to what I own? Mm -hmm. Right. Then to me, what is the use of owning it? Mm -hmm. To me, then we ought to be, we ought to sell it and at least generate revenue to be able to sustain ourselves. Because right. the question would be for the suburbs, they don't even have the bonding capacity to replace the infrastructure that we have provided to them. Mm. They don't. So what Detroit has got to do is regain its own, not from a, a prideful sort of swagged out perspective, mm-hmm. but just from knowing the God in you and who you are. Mm. There's a power in each one of us as Detroiters that allows us to operate in a space and place that other people are still questioning and trying to figure out. Mm. The fact that we stand in the Charles H. Wright Museum, it started out as a thought in Dr. Wright's mind. Mm -hmm. And now we're standing in the manifestation Mm -hmm. of that dream. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. what we know and what we experience in in, in Detroit Mm -hmm. is that dreams come true. Right. See, we're not, we not with Martin just dreaming. Yeah. We actually are Detroiters that have experienced and created. Right. We put the world on wheels. Yes. Right. We still are the arsenal of democracy. Right. So when you think about that, mm-hmm. people don't know where Lansing is when I travel abroad, but they know where Detroit is. Right, right, right. We sit on the World Water Justice Council. Mm. We don't represent Michigan or the U.S. We represent Detroit. At the World Water Justice Council. That's how important Detroit's water is to the world. Right. So if you didn't know how important you were as a Detroiter before today, that ought to speak something to you. Yeah. Amen. Right. Man, that's what we're going to put a period right there. (laughs) No, you preaching over here. That's that water power. Hey. You just dropped the mic two times, picked it back up, and then dropped it again. (laughs) But oh see, my you, gosh. you and Piper got me over here cutting up with y'all. All right, my bad. No, we're gonna let you get <laughs> to that expensive it, dinner. Yes. But that much you love deserve. to y'all and thank you guys <laughs> thank for you. all you putting down <laughs> thank you, in terms of just thank keeping you. everything hot on the mic. Thank yeah, you. and oh, and just let people know, um, because you told us before that you had a couple of things coming up for twenty nineteen. What's the 
things that people need to be doing with We The People and supporting in 2019? The hottest thing that's happening mm-hmm. this week is at the DSO. Okay. Hottest thing happening for We The People this week is at the DSO. Okay. I have with me right now, standing beside me, the uh-huh. composer of Oil & Water that's going to premiere. What? Premiere. Wow. Yes, I said it. At the DSO on that's June huge. 7th. 8th and 9th. That's huge. Talking about water. How yeah, about that's that? That's huge. That's powerful. Huge. And then I'm excited about out. that audience experience in this. Me I too. mean, this is amazing. Yeah. Juliet Palmer is an award-winning mm. conductor from Canada mm. who actually chose us as one of uh, the themes of her piece around oil and water yeah. to uplift. So mm. to be able to take the story of we the people and the struggles around water in- inequities and injustices yeah, at a world stage like the DSO, yeah, it's that's, just unspeakable. So we want to give a shout out to yeah. Juliet Palmer from yeah. Canada. Hey, Woo! what part yeah. of what part of Canada? Hey. Yeah, Toronto. The T dot, my favorite city. The T dot. The T dot. And then we're also <laughs> hanging out. Um, you can check us out at every home game with the Detroit. FC soccer team, our yes. uh, semi-professional soccer team in Detroit. Okay. They are raising funds at every home game where they mm. sell match posters, and those proceeds go to We the People of Detroit and the German water group called Viva Con Aqua. Oh, wow. And so we're hanging out with them. And then we also have coming up, anybody that's between the ages of 13 and 19, hit mm-hmm. us up at wethepeopleofdetroit.com. Okay. Yeah. We will be taking applications for We the Youth of Detroit. Okay, okay. So that'll be popping off in August. All the month of August, we will be doing our youth internship. Nice. Mm-hmm. We will recruit 10 youth from the city. We will be stipending them to learn these social justice tactics, mm. to learn about the policies. And then I'm hoping out of that group, they will then graduate to be a part of the Great Lakes group where we will have young people from Flint, Detroit, Benton Harbor, Chicago, Milwaukee, and Toledo convening other young people to talk about how water is impacting them and how they can be a part of the solution. Wow. That's huge. Thank you. That's Thank how we you get so down much. Thank you. That's how we get down, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. This has been really wonderful. Um, I mean, this film was just super incredible, wasn't it? it the was. poisoning of an, of an American city. Beyond. Right? The Flint water crisis, the poisoning of an American city. So the film showed today at the Charles H. Wright Museum. We had pretty much everyone from the panel on here. We're going to share this podcast with as many people as possible. And... What a great way to end it, Monica Lewis Patrick. Yes. Piper Which Carter. is where we started a whole year ago. Yeah, I know, when we right? We first started our podcast. Yeah. 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 Yep. Isn't this wonderful? Yes. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so we'll be supporting all these efforts and amplifying all those efforts. And keep listening to the Piper Carter podcast. You know, you can check me out on Piper Carter. And, uh, and Detroit is different. Check us out on Detroit is different. Detroit is different.net and all your podcast listening platforms. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify. You're listening to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network. Some others feel it or relate to it. I make this music to escape through it. Contemplate the next move I'm gonna make to it. Going to it, but I'm looking beyond. I find a reason to relax.
between time, try not to ride the wave. I'd rather stand out, up on my grind. Yo, I ain't looking for no handout. I take it slow, yo, no need to rushing it. Reach for the stars, I'm almost there, I'm almost touching it. Closer than I ever been, I see in the light. The dream I used to dream is now coming to life. So ain't no turning back, all in this forever. The first one was cool, but the next one must be better. Stay ahead just to make it through the maze. Show love, baby. 